Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello. Happy uh, day after Easter. Yes, yes. Day after start of Passover. Mm-hmm. We are record. We are recording earlier in the week than usual. Um, now tomorrow I'll have to tell myself it's not Thursday. It'll just be Tuesday. <laughs> oh no, it'll be. I'll... I tried to have the week, you know, fast forward, but we just didn't quite do it. Oh no, sometimes it's like, oh no, 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 oh please, let me have more work days so I can still get stuff done. So, so this will be good. So, did yes. you have an Easter egg hunt yesterday with your teenagers? Oh, we had several, Dimity. We several. Uh, oh our, my gosh, our kids love hunting for Easter eggs. And so in fact, Phoebe texted me, I think it was on Thursday, and she said, make sure you have the twins color eggs, because I, you know, definitely want to hide them for them. So what they do is they take turns. And so Phoebe, my 17 year old hides them. And then my 13 year old twins look for them. And then like, I hid them and all three kids looked for them. And then John, my 13 year old boy twin hid them and and so it all just kind of rotates and um the eggs get a little beaten up looking <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure you want to make egg salad after that <laughs> smell like hard-boiled eggs when you're done with this oh no oh it's outdoor we hunt outdoors oh you oh. do oh okay oh, oh yeah oh, do you wow. have you all hunt in you all hunt indoors well, it depends. I mean, the weather here can be so iffy, right? Yesterday uh-huh. was nice, um, but there have been day, there have been times where it snowed on Easter, you know. Uh-huh. So you're definitely uh-huh. not gonna want to. I mean, and you don't like want to throw the little ones and their cute little white patent, you know, Mary Janes <laughs> out into the 35 degrees and snowdrifts. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it depends. We do them inside and out. I mean, you know, so my kids are about your kids' age and. We definitely don't have that enthusiasm. Um, uh-huh. They have enthusiasm for sugar. <laughs> so that's, I got like um, some, you know, like a little boxes of jelly beans and like a little bunny and some Tootsie Pops and stuff, some Easter candy, but not like oh. the, the eggs and everything this year. And, um, and then so did- hid them around the house for them. It probably took them about, I don't know, 40 minutes, not even that long, 30 minutes, uh-huh. you know. We do not know the reason for the season around here. So I'm a little, I get a little, you know, just like, you really need more sugar? Really? (laughs) My concession to them being a little bit older was I actually bought some candy that wasn't exactly Easter-y. So I got them Tic Tacs, which are egg-shaped. But then I got got them um, that uh, that Ice Cubes gum, which is so expensive. And typically I wouldn't buy it for them. But the Easter Bunny, you know, is more extravagant than I am. So the Easter Bunny got that for them. And... Oh, I got Daphne loves um, good and plenty. And again, those are egg shaped. So I got her a box of good and <laughs> plenty. Is, that's generous. So, and also part of it was, was the first place I went to buy Easter candy on Saturday afternoon at about 3.45. Um, shockingly was largely sold out of Easter candy. So I'm like, okay, let's go in the regular candy aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a shape like bunnies, right? It's all, yeah. it's all the same on the inside. Well, yeah. The best part of our Easter egg hunt was, um, you know, so I hid everything in the house. I did it on Saturday night after uh-huh. the kids went to bed. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, cause I wasn't sure what it was supposed to be kind of a crappy day outside. It turned out not to be, but anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So I did it in the house and um, about halfway through, Ben was like, mom, I found the Reese's peanut butter cups. And I was like, 
I didn't hide any Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, lo and behold, he found like the Christmas stash that I had stashed away, you know, and totally forgotten about, you know, for me to have during my midday lulls. Oh my God. He's like, well, they belong to me now. I get to eat them now. And I'm like, all right, fine. You can have the, you know, six months. Petrified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, what else can you find? Oh, and then they found a meal. This is like a little sketchy, although I'm not because I know, you know, I know my daughter, but she had, uh, he found her bikini top behind the couch. <laughs> I'm like, what was it doing? They, I mean, honest to God. And I'm like, Amelia, what was it? She's like, oh, I probably had a sweatshirt on. I just took it off and then, you know, it got lost. And I'm like, oh my God. It's when you find, you know, a pair of thong underwear that doesn't fit you or Amelia that there's an- <laughs> yeah, answers will be had. Yeah. There's some boys underwear that doesn't fit with it. Either boy in our house. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, Hey, you got some exciting news since the last time we recorded. I got- <laughs> oh, everyone. I got a couple texts about the writing workshop. Yeah. I, I actually, um, after we recorded that podcast, I got in, um, Ooh, I nice. got off the wait list. Yes. So now I just need to commit, which is, you know, a whole nother, now that I'm in, I'm like, do I really want to do it? No, I'm just kidding. I know that I really want to do it. I just want to make sure that I have, it's a, it's five days a week um, in, the, in June. Yeah. I think it's like nine to 1145 every day. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's kind of a big time commitment. Um, mm-hmm. as, and also like, I'm wondering about how many assignments are going to be. Right. Um, and, and then it's also not um, super cheap. So, uh, mm-hmm. so we just have to kind of sit down. Um, but I am excited. And uh, I of course went and got the book. Um, uh, of the writer who's teaching it so I can mm-hmm. read it. I'm like, oh, do I want to be taught by her? Oh, I think I do. Yeah. So, um, so it sounds like, stuff. yeah, it sounds like you're almost all the way there to sign. I am. Maybe, I am. Yeah. yeah. And it was Significant. really exciting to get the email and a couple, like I said, the couple people that texted were very sweet. So thank you for, uh, oh, for, for uh, you know, expecting Ivy League from me or thinking <laughs> they should let me in. <laughs> Are you all crazy? You didn't let in the Dimity McDonald to your writing workshop? Like, what part of published author do you not understand? <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of scary though, because I mean, it's, when's the last time, I mean, you, uh, you sent me some of your writing. I mean, your, your architectural writing is really good and fun, but when's the last time you sat down to do something that wasn't necessarily running related, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little, uh, it's like dusting off the old, uh, you know, carburetor 76 Ford, or I don't even know what it is, <laughs> but it's like, it's not necessarily uh, an easy, I mean, I know it's a little bit like riding a bike, but it's not always necessarily. Yeah. Stretching your boundaries again. Yeah. 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 yeah nice. Nice. Yeah. So, um, so I'm immersed in the dance world, uh, from last week to this week. Um, John and I went and saw the performance of the troupe that hopefully he will be a part of next year. Oh, wow. The the Jefferson dancers saw them perform on Friday night and they're always just breathtaking. They're a high school here in Portland that has a pre-professional program. And so he sort of won't let anyone jinx it, um, you know, talking about whether he'll get in or not. So I said to him right before, sorry, I said, John, this is the last performance I hope for the next four years. He's like, don't say it, don't say it. I said that I won't cry during the performance. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, okay, you can say that. Um, So yeah, it was fun. And Molly and her husband and Molly, my running partner and her husband, and then her oldest daughter, Lane, who was a member of Jefferson Dancers, went and watched it as well. So it was fun to kind of talk with them and get kind of inside um, perspective on it and everything. So and then this Friday and Saturday at um, the Twins Middle School, Da Vinci, they have their spring dance performances. Um, Daphne doesn't, she doesn't do dance there. But 
Uh, so John will have several dance numbers, including uh, two different numbers in which he lifts a female member of the dance group that he's wow. in. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. they have insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have helmets? Do they have pads? <laughs> How strong is he? Oh, uh, yeah. He's always been crazy strong. He's been able to lift Molly, who... Um, is um, an Athena size runner um, as a, as am I. Um, he's been able to lift her since he was maybe like in third grade. I mean, not lift her up over his head, but he can he could definitely lift her up off the ground pretty easily. So um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'll see. I don't I don't know how far he lifts the girls that, and they are the two smallest members of the of Dance Four. So um, Dance Four. Yeah. Well, well, so I had my own little dance encounter on Saturday <laughs> afternoon, Saturday night. Yes. So Ben, I will talk. We'll just talk arts for a while. You do yes. stories yes. outside mine. Um, ben went on his all on his own accord. He's been looking for auditions. He really wants to be in a show with. Um, adult performers, you know, uh-huh. kids theaters, you know, for the kids and heaven uh-huh. forbid you're almost 13, you know, <laughs> move on. Um, so anyway, the full Monty has a 12 year old part. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. So I went to audition on uh, Saturday night. We have not heard back yet, but. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And again, like I, you know, this is all him, which, you know, I know is the way that you want it, but I'm like, really? I like, anyway. Um, so the guy, one of the, the, the directors said, you know, you have to say the F word. Are you okay saying that? Because that's the, one of the kids lines. Uh-huh. And Ben's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, so say it now. <laughs> and Ben had to say it. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm sure he said, but, you know, it's kind of awkward to say in front of four adults you don't know, you know? Right. And, um, but you were not in the room or you I was were? not in the room. No, no, no. Uh-huh. He told me about it afterwards. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, as I was waiting for him outside the audition, all, it must have been a dance recital. Like the, it, was, I think it was a dance company in Colorado or something. They must have had a show that night. Mm-hmm. OMG, the gear that these dancers have. Is this a thing in Portland? Like trunks, like no. rolling suitcases full oh. of... I mean, I didn't see what no. they were full of, but the moms like hauling this stuff and like, you know, clear garment bags full of costumes. And- oh yeah. See, I think that was probably dance team. Oh yeah. That's yeah. It felt yeah. very dance teamy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, dance performances, um, don't have quite, you know, there's not as much hairspray, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, and I, they are, you know, I mean, John has thought about going into dance team type scenarios. So they um, you know, I'm all for them, but, uh, the, uh, he doesn't have all that type stuff. I mean, they just wear like, you know, I mean, they'll wear costumes on Friday and Saturday or some, I mean, little matching things, but it's pretty casual. I mean, it's, you know, kind of like chambray shirts from the gap and khakis (laughs) you know things like that well yeah and it was it was definitely i mean you know you could tell it was very serious crowd and it was very i mean you know but it was just interesting because i've never you know i mean you know it was it was the equivalent of like hockey bags full of stuff right (laughs) wow yeah honestly i mean a little bit smaller but i mean seriously like if you had to travel i mean you know you're checking two bags you know yes you're on like a high level dance team Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I have talked to when we were in Houston, I talked to one of the volunteers at our booth and her daughter did it. And so I talked a little bit about um, whether John should go down and because I guess boys can just kind of walk onto a team and they'll let them on. They don't have to 
practiced with them. And so um, John for a while was just obsessed with watching Dance Moms. So <laughs> the idea was kind of appealing to him for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, let's let's get back to the world of running, shall we? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is um, exciting. This is our um, one of our first series that we're doing. And this is the first of a two-part series that bridges the podcast and the AMR website. So that's a first for us. And it is called Weighty Matters. You have been putting in a lot of hard work on this, Dimity, which I appreciate and everyone else appreciates. Um, And as you can guess, it delves into weight-related issues. In each podcast, so this week and next week, we'll talk to two mother runners about an issue, then have at least one expert discuss the situation and share advice. Then we don't want to leave you hanging. So in late June, we'll bring the guests back so you can hear what progress they've made, what worked, what didn't. Um, so that you can learn from uh, their experiences. Dimity and I will talk with the first real-world mother runner after this quick break. Stay with us. Our first Weighty Matters guest is Jennifer Summers, a 47-year-old mom of one who feels bedeviled by belly fat. Um, I I know how you feel, Jennifer. Um, Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, and I do have to correct you right there. I was 48 on Saturday. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, well, speaking of ages, tell us the age of your daughter. And, um, you know, if you feel comfortable, maybe um, talk about how you um, tried via IVF to have a sibling. Because I, um, sure. I, I can relate to that, that we went through secondary infertility and ended up with twins. So go for it. All right. Well, I had a very naturally conceived um, daughter who is now 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was about three, we talked about having another one because I think all children need siblings because it creates um, a great way to learn how to deal with the world. Um, and I tried a lot of um, starter fertility things, um, medicines and testing, ended up um, with one cycle of in vitro. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the dollar signs were adding up and I, I, it was very difficult to have someone have control of my body in that way. And if you've ever been there, you totally understand that mm-hmm. you do not have control of your body anymore. Yep. Um, so we boycotted that just because we felt like we were blessed with the child that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe she was the miracle baby and we stopped there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of being in control or trying to establish control, tell us about um, your evolution as a runner, Jennifer. Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was in high school. I was a swimmer and a smoker. (laughs) Those two go hand in hand. Yep. Right. So uh, I probably would have been great at it if I would have decided to, to stop the smoking, but that's where it was there. Um, I got married, um, enjoyed being married, rode horses, just played around on the farm for a while, but then had my daughter. And when she was two and, and she was attached by Velcro to my leg, most of the time, (laughs) I decided it would be cool to go for a run to kind of get a moment for myself. And that's kind of what, how it evolved. Um, I was 28 years old, so I'm just starting running at 28. Never ran before, hated it, hated it, hated it. And then I started doing 5Ks, um, triathlons, half marathons, currently in a 10-year annual streak of a half marathon each year, at least. Mm -hmm. 
did a year or two of Spartan races, um, did one marathon, um, another um, slight lapse in, in research and education on marathons. I trained for a marathon in North Carolina winter. <laughs> it's not it's not cold here by your standards by any means it's you know 30 degrees and we're like we can't go outside <laughs> and I did my marathon in Arizona in January so mm-hmm. I went from 30 humidity to 70 no humidity mm-hmm. so another marathon is on my bucket list I have a do-over I need to do over that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the that's the plan but currently um we, I have a relay a four-person relay that spans about 62 miles in the mountains of North Carolina slated for this fall and I will just dabble in some 5ks that represent you know causes that I appreciate and want to donate to throughout the summer 5ks and 10ks probably mm-hmm. I bet that I bet that relay is going to be very pretty it's yes it's in november it's a little bit after the leaves have mm-hmm. have done their thing but it it will be beautiful yeah and mm-hmm. hilly mm-hmm. yeah but i just well, I've, I've gotten to go to north carolina um for work a, a million years ago on a press trip and oh gosh the just the vistas and the rolling hills so beautiful yes yeah mm-hmm. i do love my farmland running Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so we found you um, this post, this Weighty Matters post about your belly fat. Um, you are in the Many Happy Miles program right now. Um, and so I wanted to ask you about your weight gain over the years and why your belly fat in particular has been so frustrating. Well, um, so, you know, in my, in my 20s, I was normal, active, you know, muscular, you know, we always worked hard, even though I wasn't running. Um, In my 30s, I gained about 10 pounds. In my 40s, there was another 10. And then all of a sudden, it's like I hit this wall. And, and it, it just kept, it kept coming and it was coming faster. And I tried a lot of bad famous, you know, all these things that are out there that you see popping into your Instagram feed every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing worked. And the scale just kept creeping up and creeping up. And in the same time frame, I, f- I had some hormonal shifts. My periods got weird. Um, they, they got knots. They, I went to the doctor. He said, birth control pills, you know, all, it it kind of started a cascade of, Hey, what's wrong with me? Like, this is not, this is not how I want to spiral. So, um, sure. And and it all, it all seemed to sit on my belly, you know, just belly fat. Like my jeans were uncomfortable. My clothes were uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel like that was the way it needed to go. So what, what weight loss methods did, what are a few of the standout ones that you did try and and found? um, It might be easier for me to tell you what I did not try, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, just the standards, they did some um, fasting, um, the meal replacement shakes. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried keto, but I just, just have to have a piece of cake every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all do, I got, let's just put that out there. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and 
honestly, I'm, I'm a nurse, you know, I get paid to be a nurse. So I tried to, you know, cut calories, exercise more, run more. Um, I kind of made myself miserable just monitoring and writing and logging and counting calories. And, um, so all those things I tried. And um, is there anything that you feel like worked at all or anything that you feel like um, you enjoyed doing or was it all just kind of, I mean, drudgery is not putting, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but was it all just kind of, sounds kind of unfun. It was, yeah, it was unfun. I think everything worked for a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it kind of, I kind of got to a place where I can't sustain this forever. This is not something I see myself doing in 20 years. So even if I had a little bit of weight loss, which, you know, with every new thing, I think I had a little bit of weight loss, you know, four or five pounds. And then I'd be, I'd be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks in. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I, I can't keep doing this. So what can I, I, I was searching for what I can keep doing for what makes me feel good. Not necessarily always what makes me look good, but what makes me feel good too. And I never found a sweet spot with any of the diets in quotation marks that I tried made me feel really good. Sure. Mm-hmm. 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 So, and the, back to the hormone situation, I mean, that sounds like a lot of flux, um, you know, just kind of infuriating. Um, what were some of the most infuriating parts about it? Like, you know, it, there's, it's so much more than just not knowing when your period will hit. Um, yes, it is. If for me, I, I just didn't feel like, my confident self, like my 30 year old, I've got this, I can handle the world. Um, my sister and I joke that we love estrogen. That's our favorite drug. (laughs) (laughs) So so I didn't feel that, that estrogen, like I'm, I'm a woman, hear me roar kind of anymore. And I didn't feel like myself. I felt like I was kind of fading into the background. And it's a weird feeling, almost like, I mean, I don't want to label it with a diagnosis, but a little bit depressing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I felt, I felt like I was, was just, I guess the best way to say is just kind of fading into the background and letting, letting myself do that and not knowing how to climb back out. Hmm. And, but, but, but you don't think, did you at any point feel that that's partly societal that I, I just, um, Molly, my running partner and I joke that, you know, we just are invisible now that we're of a certain age and that, um, it's never occurred to me that maybe that feeling is hormonal as well. It, it, yeah. I mean, I think it comes from both places. I think you, for me, I would just kind of fade, just let people talk and do, and you know, I'm, I'm involved in girls on the run and mm. board meetings and things like that. I would just kind of sit back and let things happen mm. and mm-hmm. not participate because, because my ideas have already been there. I've already said, I've already done. Mm. And I kind of feel like that that's a piece of it. You know, society just kind of stepping back and letting the, the people with energy go mm-hmm. for it. But then have a lot to offer still. So I was just about to say, I mean, Jennifer, we had a quick call before, um, before this podcast a couple of days ago, and you are such a spark plug. I mean, just on the phone, you are so fun to talk to. And I, and I just having, you know, battled with certain issues myself. It's really 
hard when what you know you can be in the way that you want to be doesn't materialize and it, that feels out of your control, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I wrote down some feelings before this um, call and I, I said, I'm, you know, I realized that I'm not unhealthy, mm-hmm. but as, as a nurse, I spend a lot of time teaching healthy living to people who have diabetes and heart disease. Mm-hmm. And when I see that scale kind of compound and I see the belly fat compound, I like think, is that where I'm going? Mm. I know that's not where I need to be. And I know there's more available to me than just accepting that slow, steady decline into an unhealthy state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you got to do some legwork to figure it out then. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good thinking to also, particularly if it feels like a downward slope, you know, to, to um, put some strategies in place before you get too far down that slope. So exactly. I want to prevent it. I want, I'm on the preventative medicine side. I don't, I don't yeah. want to go, yeah. go there yeah. and have to come back. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, great. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for sharing that. We're going to bring Ellie Kempton on now or into the conversation. Ellie is a registered dietitian in Denver um, where she runs her practice, Simply Nourish Nutrition. She is also familiar to many of you as the genius behind the nutrition programs in the Train Like a Mother Club. Um, she does Simply Nourish Like a Mother and Metabolic Reset and Living Nourish Like a Mother. So welcome back to the podcast, Ellie. Hi, thank you. Great to have you. Um, and so we have Jennifer here. So Jennifer, um, if you want to chime in with anything, we're going to mostly talk to Ellie. But if something comes and you want to ask a question or you want to give a comment, please do, okay? Sure. Okay. Um, so first of all, uh, Ellie, tell us again about your practice. Uh, well, I am so gratified by the work I do. I mostly work with women um, in their 40s to 60s who just crave this life and kind of that um, that confidence in their food choices and their lifestyle design so that they feel their, their vibrant selves again. And listening to Jennifer, I was just reminded why I love what I do because I get to work with such proactive women like Jennifer who just don't settle and want more and feel like they can do so much more and are ready for it. So um, I've been functionally trained so that we look at, or I look at more than just the food you eat, but how you live your life. And my job is to stitch it all together and build a roadmap for everyone I work with and make the decisions for them. Because I think part of the part of the issue and in listening to Jennifer's story, it really is just decision fatigue too. Which which direction and um, and how can I even tackle this beast? And so I like to come in and and make the decisions and you know create a little bit more clarity and simplicity for the women I work with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I'm thinking that Jennifer is um, probably typical of so many of the clients that you work with. So talk about the first things that came to your mind when you heard Jennifer's story. Well, first and foremost, um, I'm proud of her. And I'm so, so impressed by all the work she's done. Because the first thing that comes to mind is that she's not doing anything wrong per se. It's more or less that we just need to create a scenario where we we recalibrate some hormonal um, hormonal deficiencies, first of all, but also synchronization. And so 
oftentimes when women come to me, they say like, Jennifer, something's broken. Um, I'm doing something wrong. And this isn't me. This is not who I am. I'm the first person to speak up in a meeting and I'm the first one to lead initiatives. And so I love empowering women like Jennifer to say, you're right. It's nothing that you are doing wrong. We need to look one layer deeper and look at the hormonal symphony that's happening. And part of that starts with just um, understanding where where the breakdown occurs hormonally so that we can then rebuild and, and actually see some traction from some of the huge effort that's being put in on the food front and on the lifestyle front. Yeah. So can we put instead of symphony, I'm going to put a big word out there, cacophony. I like that word. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's great. Just because it does a symphony, I think like beautiful violin string yeah. playing and everything, you know, kind of melodic. And I feel like instead you know, I mean, the hormones, and it's so funny because, you know, having sat next to you for plenty of um, great seminars and workshops and Facebook lives and stuff, I've, I have a very, very basic understanding of it. But I mean, there is so much going on that unless you have training in it, or unless you have a, a doctor or an Ellie or a nurse practitioner or somebody who will sit down and explain it to you and probably explain it to you again and again, each time you see them, you know, it's not something that you, we learn in school or it's really intuitive to understand, right? Not at all. And I think even just the words hormone balance had me running for the hillsides when I was really trying to figure out my own health and trying to figure out hormonally how to find balance myself. I would get so nervous and confused and downright defeated when I even just heard the idea, oh, you're hormones are imbalanced. That is such a scary thing, unless you have someone who breaks it down for you, um, both visually and verbally. I think you need to see how estrogen fluctuates throughout the month, how progesterone fluctuates. I would say 99% of the women who come in and see me have never seen their cycle mapped out. Um, just when you should see a peak in estrogen. I was so laughing. And I know you couldn't hear me, but when Jennifer was saying, I, you know, I want to be that vibrant force of estrogen. That is so cool. But when does that estrogen, when does that pop of estrogen occur? And so few women come in having had that defined for them. And I love that the number of times my cute little chalkboard has seen the, the ebbs and flows of showing women how estrogen and progesterone peak and what balance even looks like is, uh, it's, it's fun. It's seen it a lot. So, um, I love, I love clarifying that in a visual way. Yeah. Well, and so what's the step, first step? I mean, is the first step figuring out where you are getting it tested? Well, exactly. Cause I think oftentimes you can, you can almost, um, guess based on symptoms, what's going on. And since I'm so targeted in the type of client I see, I'm getting better and better at guessing, but I I hate guessing, um, and I'd much prefer to get the get a little bit more clarity on where women are. And so testing is really impactful. You see exactly what's going on, especially if you're able to test in the right window of time. So oftentimes I'll ask women who don't see normal cycles to get an ovulation test done just to see, A, are you even ovulating? Because that's part of the equation. Um, as you enter into perimenopause and then go into menopause, it's so important to start understanding how often you ovulate. But then also just getting tested um, at that time period that 
often women, oftentimes women see the most signs and symptoms of imbalance, which is right before their cycle. You know what I'm talking about when you start basically looking for sugar anywhere you can find it, you're feeling really reactive, the list goes on, you just almost feel swollen. Um, that's the time that you want to get tested because that's usually when you, the things, the imbalances that are going to be imbalances, imbalanced occur. Hmm. Hmm. So, and it's not just sex hormones that are culprits in weight gain or feelings of not being yourself, but also stress hormones. So talk to us about how stress factors into weight gain and some solutions to managing stress. Yeah, good. So you're right. It's not all about estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. There's another hormone that I see causing some imbalance and it's cortisol, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to demonize cortisol because it's a really good hormone, but when we're stressed, we tend to overproduce cortisol. Mm-hmm. And so having higher levels of cortisol throughout the entire month or maybe even the entire day um, can also lead to hormone imbalance. And so even though this is probably not what my clients are expecting to hear when they walk in and see me, I'm going to be very inclined to talk to them more about stress than I do food in some of our sessions because mm-hmm managing your stress is such an impactful way to bring down your blood sugar levels and to allow your hormones to recalibrate themselves. Oftentimes we just need to take away the the negative trigger to imbalance. And one of the things you talk about, about stress um, that I've really integrated, or I can tell when I haven't integrated actually, is the morning routine. Um, you're a real kind of um, dictator about having a strict morning routine. And I say that with love, right? But there's a lot of, um, you can always say that there's, you know, freedom in discipline or freedom in structure, right? Sure equals freedom. Yeah. I love that I'm known as a dictator about the morning routine. That's actually a huge compliment. Um, Talk a little bit about why that, why um, it's so important to kind of set up your day the right way in the morning. Well, you know, the day, the way you start your day is the first domino that falls. And I always am so adamant about it because if you start your day off on this, this foot of almost panicked reactivity, chances are that's going to trickle into the rest of your day. Whereas if you're really intentional about maybe just a five minute uh, headspace meditation, you know, guided, you turn it on, you may be thinking the entire time that it's stupid, but at least you're sitting there quiet and breathing that tees you up for potentially a much calmer, more responsive, almost living by design day. And so anytime someone comes into me and they feel really stressed, that's actually the first thing we're going to work on is what do those first 20 minutes of your day look like? And how can we take out the non-essential? How can we strip it of things that maybe don't have to happen in those first 20 minutes and make it a little bit more calm, cool, and collected? It's almost like that idea of be sure to make your bed every day, like tiny little things like that, because the state of your bed is the state of your head is a little saying my mom <laughs> would always <laughs> yes. and I like you know, that. I might pull that out tomorrow yeah. morning. Yeah, I, let's see so, if it resonates. I, know. We'll I know I rolled my eyes a lot. <laughs> it's true, you know, and it's stressful. It's I, I know it's stressful as a stressed person to hear, oh, don't stress. But if you can do tangible things about it, like just a building an intentional morning routine, and maybe even it's an intentional evening routine. So it's bookends to your day, that goes miles towards recalibrating your hormones because you bring down the sign that your body's in danger. 
because if you have high levels of cortisol all throughout the day, your body is being told that you're, you're running from something. Where are the bears? Where is the danger? And, um, you know, little did, does your body know it's just the life of a modern woman. It's a stressful thing sometimes. When we were all three of us at Rancho La Puerta um, for our retreat earlier this year, I went and um, on Dimity's recommendation, went and heard the um, co-founder who's uh, turns 97 this year talking. And one of the, she was amazing. And one of the big takeaways from that was she talked about keeping the world at bay for about five minutes after you first wake up, because, you know, the, the world will be with you the rest of the day. And if you can, you know, not immediately turn on the news or start listening to, you know, the, the, the daily podcast or something, you know, so that, that just kind of taking that, like you're saying, take that time for yourself and just kind of hold, hold the rest of the things, you know, don't check your email, keep it. And, um, I've been trying to do that since we got back from Rancho La Puerta. That's yeah, that's, that's really lovely. I love that sentiment and echoed in that. One of the things I I think Elliot was a podcast that you sent me a while ago and I can't remember who the expert was, but he only reads the newspaper. He doesn't read the news online. Mm -hmm. So like, and I, I think that's a really nice filter. Um, as it used to be, right? Because, you know, as you're getting like whatever updates on your phone or whatever, and of course it's, you know, nice to know when thing, when certain there's danger and stuff in your neighborhood or whatever, but I, something, you know, by the time the newspaper comes out the next day, so much of it is filtered, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to just not have to be like, oh, okay, so this is happening now. What's happening three minutes later? What's happening three minutes later? And I don't know, that was, that was one, um, you know, I, I took the news app off my phone for that reason, because I'm like, you know what, I don't need to know minute to minute coverage of this. And if it's that important, I will sit down and pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, I um, love that word filter. That's exactly what we all need is just that filter of simplicity where you are almost guarded and you're, the boundaries are set for you. And so the more often we can create those little filters throughout your life where you aren't bombarded with things that are tugging for your attention and your emotion, that's going to be so impactful for stress levels. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take one big, uh, well, a little bit of a U-turn back to hormones for one second, Ellie, because yeah. um, we posted this post today on another mother runner. So it was Jennifer's, um, you know, post about her um, belly fat and then all the tips that you have given. And we're not going to get to all of them on the podcast. So definitely head to another mother runner if you want to check them all out. But there are a couple of questions about women who are already in menopause, whether, you know, they're, they're there naturally or if they had to have you know, they got there um, as, as a forced thing with a hysterectomy. Is there anything, I mean, because Jennifer's kind of perimenopause right now, is there anything, dip, other kind of advice besides what we put up on the website that you would recommend to women who are in, in um, straight up menopause? No, I, I'm looking at all of the advice that I gave each bullet and it definitely all applies to women who are in menopause as well have gone through menopause. Okay. Uh, particularly, I would say one of the most impactful things is that the point that I gave about um, exposure to sugar and just the management and how our blood sugar oscillations impact our, our hormone cacophony, as you put it. Um, and so I would say if anything is almost overemphasized, it's going to be the simplicity of unpackaging food. I know you put that in the post and that's something I want everyone almost a challenge that I'm giving to everyone is to practice unpackaging their foods and going through the week, just taking, taking inventory and, and stock of how often 
packaged foods are relied upon because that's where the sugar comes in. And that's where we start seeing these really massive swings in blood sugar, which trickles down to cortisol, which trickles down to a lot of signs and symptoms of estrogen dominance. So even though once you've gone through menopause, all sex hormones are just low, mm-hmm. you don't want to necessarily see an estrogen dominant pattern. Um, and cause that's where you start seeing that, that belly fat and resistance to weight loss. So that'd be my number one tip for anyone who's gone through menopause. Okay. And one, I'm just, just, I just want to read this out loud just because I, I think it's important. Molly says, um, I haven't had my period in years. I do remember asking my OBGYN about hormone testing years ago, specifically for testosterone, but he poo-pooed that theory. So there's no baseline for me. I mean, mm. to me, I would say to Molly, let's find someone who can test your hormones, right? Even if she is in menopause, it's still worth it to know where you are, isn't it? Because there's still things that we could do, right? Well, and that's just it. So I don't necessarily look at each hormone in exclusivity. I look at them in relation to one another. So a test that I run on pretty much everyone who comes into me uh, as to establish a baseline is the Dutch panel. And it's a urine sample and it is showing your your hormones all in relationship to one another because it's the relationship and the story that matters. Every hormone in isolation, you're not, I'm not sure what to do with any of that. But when you see it all in relationship to one another, that's where you see the imbalances and that's where you can gently bring things back into recalibration with the food and the lifestyle design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think this will be our final question. And and as a card carrying member of the Belly Fat Is Here to Stay Club, um, I I, uh, I I can show you my my card. Um, I try I try to make peace with it. Um, any advice there, Ellie? Oh, I love that. Well, you know, I I'm always a huge fan of celebrating what your body does for you on a daily basis. So. Sarah, you being such an avid and active runner, you go out for these amazing active stints where you're maybe running one day and cycling the next and almost being grateful for what your body does give you in such a um, seamless fashion, but also not settling for the fact that, okay, this is just here and this is part of aging. I don't want, I want you to be grateful for what your body does, but not settle for what you you're starting to see as a trend. So like I said, in the beginning, when women come into me and say, I just honestly think my body's broken. Like, is this just part of aging? I'm going to say, ah, heck no, this is, Mm -hmm. this is definitely a sign of imbalance that we can target. And there's so much you can do about it. But I also don't want you to get so hyper-focused on what's wrong that you miss out on what your body gives you in, in everyday, just life. Um, and it's really cool to see how much our bodies will do even when there is an imbalance present. So again, like Sarah said at the beginning, what we're going to do with the four kind of cases of this podcast, this podcast, the podcast that's running um, next week with two other women is we are going to send you off, Jennifer, into the wild blue yonder with Ellie's tips. Um, and we want you to try to integrate the ones that make sense and, um, and see what works for you. Um, and we'll be, we'll check back in with you towards the end of June. Uh, no pressure. Although you did tell me that you like a little accountability, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Outward accountability is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you have a friend in, in outward accountability. Um, so yeah, so we'll look forward to hearing from you again. And I'm um, along the way, of course, if you have any um, questions or anything, just let us know. Otherwise we, um, we wish you luck and, and let's see how it goes. Yeah. Thanks ladies. Thanks for joining us. Both of you.
Thank you. Thank yep. you. Thanks, Ellie. Talk of to you guys course. later. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hey, everybody. It's Dimity here, and I am back with Emily Cooley, who is our next guest. Sarah has left the building, um, mostly because we ran into some technical problems with um, trying to get Emily hooked up. So I get to do a face-to-face interview with you. So I'm here I'm in so Emily's um, apartment uh, outside of Denver, and her husband is very um, nice to let us be sitting here. So thank you. <laughs> Over there, he's quiet in the corner. Um and her kids are at school. So we're lucky to be face-to-face. Um, and the other part of this interview is um, Stephanie's expert in weighty matters is um, Stephanie uh, Violet, who is our ultra coach and also has a PhD in exercise and sports nutrition. Um, she had a, an emergency and had to be out of the country um, this week, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Emily. Um, but so she's going to check in on the next podcast. So we're going to get um, Emily's story because it's a really good one. And then we'll get Ste- Stephanie's tips integrated as well. Um, but then we'll also check in with Stephanie later and it'll all make sense um, on the next podcast. Awesome. So, all right. So first of all, Emily is a Colorado mom of two whose doctor told her about three years ago that she was morbidly obese. So in February of 2016, Emily joined a year-long University of Colorado weight loss study, which you lost 100 pounds during yes. that time. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, she kept the weight off since then and is embarking on training for her first um, marathon later this year. Welcome to the show, Emily. And again, congratulations. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Cool. So um, before you focus, before we focus on you, tell us about your kiddos and their ages. So I have two girls. They're five and seven. Okay. Um, my oldest, the seven-year-old Gabrielle, wants to be an astronaut, and she's super into everything science and space. She's just starting running as well. And my youngest, Layla, is very into mermaids and everything fairy tales. Uh, she wants to be a doctor when she grows up. Awesome. Well, that's great. And I was funny. I was walking by and I was like trying to look for your house and I was like, saw all these scooters and bikes outside. I'm like, I bet you that's her house. (laughs) So there you go. Um, Okay. And so your running journey started um, in the middle or correct me if I'm wrong. Did it start in the middle of this study or this um, thing that you started or were you an athlete prior to that? I was not an athlete prior to this, kind of an adult onset athlete. Okay. Uh, So about six months into my weight loss journey, I added in exercise because that was what the study that I was involved in called for. Okay. So uh, I slowly integrated exercise. We like, we added 20 minutes a day, three times a week, up to 30 minutes, 40 minutes until I was doing six days a week, an hour a day. Okay. Nice. And was it starting with walking? And then when you say exercise, what kind of stuff did you do? It was mostly treadmill, um, cardio. I wore a little heart monitor and they wanted to make sure that I was in my range that they wanted me in. Okay. Do you remember what your range was? I'm just curious. Um, I think it was 129 was the lowest up to 151. Okay. All right. So that's kind of a nice, that's a good pace, right? A good like effort, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I met you, um, at skirt sports a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks, it was probably about six weeks ago. It was the launch of their swimwear line and you were so uh, cute, adorable. I don't, I don't, it's weird calling a word, oh, an adult woman adorable to your face, but um, I can do it on the podcast easily. Um, but it was fun. You came up and told me about your journey, and um, I was immediately drawn to your smile and your energy and um, and how much you've accomplished so far um, and where you want to go because yeah. this is just the beginning, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So you ran your first half marathon in um, January, right, yes. of this mm-hmm. year, right? Yeah. And you've got two more races or how many more races do you have planned for 2019? I have a bunch of 5Ks here and there. But, okay. Um, I have, I'm doing the Colfax 10 miler and then, uh, 
half marathon in July. Okay, half marathon in July, and then we've got the big Kahuna in, in October. October, St. George, St. George Marathon. Yeah. All right, all right. So we got you got a lot of miles to run between yes. now, which is middle of April, and October. Yes. Um, but before we get into that and, deci- and decide or talk about why we brought in Stephanie to help you, um, we want to back up even further. And so tell us a little bit about. Um, where you, why you ended up in the study? Like, did you, have you always been kind of battling with your weight or was it pregnancy or was it something else coming on or tell us kind of how the journey. So I've always kind of had a struggle with my weight. Um, I was overweight. I was skinny as a kid and then like I hit puberty and suddenly I was overweight. Sure. Um, and then I wasn't really an athlete growing up, so I didn't have anything to burn it off. So, um, my freshman year, of college, I decided I wanted to lose weight. So I got my diet under control. I joined the rowing team. So that got me in amazing shape. I was the best shape say. I've ever been in, in my life. <laughs> I would say you've never been an athlete. If you've rowed, you've been an athlete. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that, and that was my first taste of being an athlete and being on a team and all of that. Yeah. So I loved it. Um, and then after college, I started working and got married and I just kept gaining and gaining and gaining. Um, and then finally, after I had my youngest, I just realized that I was way bigger than I wanted to be. I was not able to like run after them without getting out of breath. We had a fire drill and I had to like run upstairs and I was so exhausted when I got to the top. I was like, this is not okay. Like, this is I, not going to, this is not sustainable. Yeah. 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 Good for you. And yeah. so tell us how you got into the study or what, what prompted you to look for the study or how that evolved. Um, One of my friends had posted something on Facebook just saying that University of Colorado has a weight loss study if anyone's interested. Um, And so I just emailed the person that was um, having the study. Uh And she emailed me back right away and was like, yeah, we'd like you to come in. And um, and then I found out that I qualified for it. So Nice. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about – so it was it was two years, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Kind of a year. Yeah, tell us. It was a year of them, um, like, monitoring my weight loss. So I met with a nutritionist once a week. Uh Uh-huh. And they just gave us, like, diet tips and tricks. I realized that I was um, drinking most of my calories instead of eating them. Okay. So, um, in terms of, I'm just curious, so I was like, just like smoothies and sodas? frappuccinos every morning. Okay. Regular soda. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. So then I decided that, um... That was the first change I made. I just stopped drinking regular soda and switched from, like, frappuccinos to coffee with almond milk. And okay. That was huge. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. And then just every week she would give me little tweaks that I could make. Like, have you thought about doing egg whites instead of whole eggs and stuff like that? So Okay. And that helped. Was it hard? I mean, a whole year of being really diligent about your diet. It was hard, but I'm also competitive, so I think that helped. <laughs> that will help with your running I as well. I want to be the biggest loser. Is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the fact that I had that accountability of I had someone that I knew was going to look at my diary because I had to write everything down that I put in my mouth. If I had a calorie, I wrote it down. Wow. So, um that I knew she was going to be looking at it and I knew I was going to have to get on a scale in front of her, but that sure. kept me on track too. Okay. And then, and you started running, I think right about six months into it. Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, and you were, um, I read an article that we have linked to in the post. Um, yeah. you were kind of put on the delayed exercise group. Yes. Talk uh-huh. about that and why. So they had two different groups. They had one that was, um, 
diet first, then add an exercise. That was the group I was in. Or okay. they had one that started with diet and exercise both right away. Okay. And they wanted to see which group was more successful oh. at maintaining. So that, that was the study. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So it wasn't yeah. you, like it wasn't, it was just random that you were yeah. placed into that group. It was totally random. And I was irritated at first because I yeah. wanted, I'm like an all or nothing girl. I'm like, yeah. okay, I just want to do it all. And then, but I think it was good that it gave me the chance to get my diet on track and get that under control and figure out what I worked for me and then add an exercise. Okay. All right. Um, and so, so, and you lost, I mean, this is not the biggest loser. Like you were not going <laughs> into, even though you would have liked to have been on it and won the money and all that yeah. done the unveil. Um, you, I mean, it was, seems like it was a very smart kind of gradual way yes. to approach things, right? I mean, yeah. so talk about your weight loss. Was it pretty steady over the year or was it in chunks or what? So I averaged about 25 pounds every three months. Okay. Was, was so my... we're looking at about eight pounds a month, yeah. right? Which is still a lot. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it was, I was very funny because when I was losing weight, I would have, it was like every other week I would lose weight. Okay. So I would like maintain and then the next week I'd be down like six pounds and then I'd maintain and then I'd be down six pounds. Huh. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The way my body works. Okay. And then what happened in the, during the second year? Like what was the second year of the study about? The second year was just, um, going in and making sure getting weight and seeing if you were maintaining it basically. Okay. Yeah. And has that been, um, like talk about that. Has that been a struggle? Has that been easier than you thought? Like where, where is that? I think losing weight is for me is easier than maintaining. Yes. Cause it's just very, um, like I know how to lose weight, but finding that magic number that, you maintain and don't gain. Yes. It can be hard. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and so, yeah, I mean, when we talked about prior to this, we did a, a phone call and you talked about how you have to, you still log everything I you do. eat, right? I, I use my fitness pal. Okay. Yeah. And cause I have found even now I will way under, underestimate what I eat. Yeah. So I'll think, Oh, I only had this. And then I'm think back. Oh no, I had <laughs> more than, more I than that. that. Yeah. 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 So that's why I still use the MyFitnessPal. Okay. And then, um, again, going back to that article, there was one thing that you had mentioned where you're like, I don't have treat weeks or treat vacations yes. or something. Is that what you called them? I can't yeah, remember. I used to like, um, yeah, like I would have like a cheat weekend. Like, oh, cheat. Like, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay. it's Friday. I'm just going to eat whatever I want all weekend. And then yeah. I get on the scale on Monday and be up like five pounds. Yeah. So then you're like playing catch up the whole next week so you can do it again the next weekend. So, sure. So I just, I'll have like, I just had my birthday. So we had like a nice dinner, and but I don't take the whole weekend off. Like, I, Yeah. Did you have a piece of cake for your birthday? I, I did. Hope? Okay, I good. Butterfinger cheesecake. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Oh my gosh. I remember seeing somebody, I mean, it was a celebrity, but she had literally like a, a fruit cake and not, and not like a fruit cake. Like yeah. you have it at Christmas time or whatever. It was like, you know, literally like, a, you know, just strawberries and, and blueberries, you know? Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And I know that they're in a very image based business, but I'm like, that's your birthday is some berries. Come on, (laughs) come on, like have a little slice of something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and, um, so let's, let's, let's talk about a little bit about just, you talked about how maintaining is a little bit harder. And I think that that resonates with a lot of people, right? Because it's almost like you're in the middle miles of, a long race mm-hmm. for, 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 for I mean, I hate to yeah. be like dramatic, but it's true, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the rest of your life, right? Yeah. So, I mean, has it become a lifestyle now or, or is it um, like, like how, how much do you have to pay attention to it and how much would you say it's more um, habit and just the way that this is, this is Emily, this is what I do now. Yeah. A lot of it's just habit now. Okay. Um, like counting my calories is always going to be something. 
Um, and now, like, I plan, like, if we go out to eat, I look at the menu beforehand. Okay. So, so I can make a smart choice before we go. Sure. And then I'm not, like, scrambling. Oh, I'll just get fettuccine because it's, you know. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Tempted by yeah. certain things on the menu or the pictures or the smells yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Okay. All right. Cool. So what we're going to do um, is what we want to help you with and what Stephanie, the um, nutritionist, the She's also the ultra running coach. I think I said that, but mm-hmm. she also has this amazing knowledge of nutrition and um, is really excited for you. Uh, when I talked to her about um, you to get your tips, she was just effusive with how well you have done because, um, awesome. you know, as we all, not as we all know, but if you follow anything like The Biggest Loser, I mean, it is hard to maintain what you've done. I mean, yeah. she was like, she has done a ton of hard work. They work, people who have lost a significant amount of weight are just really hard workers. They're really diligent and, and keep it off. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you're at what, two plus years of doing that now yeah. at this point. Yeah. I mean, so that's really, I mean, we really need to applaud you just for that Thank you. and for heading out into what is going to be a really physical challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so we were talking about this just a little bit prior to this podcast, but what the challenge is, and please correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but it's the balance between keeping your metabolism humming at this new normal that it has now Mm -hmm. and supporting yourself with as many nutrients and calories that you need um, without putting on excessive weight. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because one of the things that happens with marathon training, and I fall into this category and I think everybody does, is like, oh, I ran 18 miles today. So, oh my gosh, that sleeve of Oreos, it belongs to me. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I don't care, you know, what what anybody says. I burned, you know, 1,800 or whatever calories you burned, right? Yeah. So have you already kind of thought about that mentality at all? Have you kind of... I have. And that's, that's one thing that I kind of struggle with just because like when I was in the study, they told us like don't compensate your diet for how much you're burning in exercise yes don't think that because you exercise you can have more yes so but I also want to be able to uh sustain in like an endurance race like a marathon yes and not get too exhausted or you know yeah well and one of the things that kind of surprised me was um so Stephanie recommended somebody can can I ask you how much you weigh right now um, right now, I'm like 165. 165. Okay, so we're looking. She said she recommended somebody in with your um, situation to to add about 200 to 500 calories a day. Okay. Um, and so you know, on the long run days, you can add 500 to your regular regimen. Um, on just the regular weekend day, a week day days, you know, she was like 200 to 250. That just doesn't feel like a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and of course those calories, um, should be, it should be qualified are really nutrient dense, right? You're not coming home and eating the sleeve of Oreos necessarily, but yeah. you're having, you know, whole wheat avocado toast or, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, that really satiates you and fills all your vitamin and mineral needs. Um, does that feel like, what does that feel like to you? Does it feel, um, a little bit restraining or does that feel correct given all your perspective? It feels good to have a number okay. to stay within. Okay. I like that. Um, I thought it would be a bigger number. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. 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 Well, and, but then her, she followed that of course, and this is the, where it gets, this is why weight loss and everything else can be such a great area is that you have to listen to your own hunger. Totally. Right. Yeah. And so if you would say, okay, I'll only get 300 calories today extra and you get to lunchtime or three o'clock and you're ravenous, we need to make sure that you are still feeding yourself. And um, one of the things that she talked about was um, she called them low energy foods, I think I believe, but Mm -hmm. it's basically like 
real foods, right? She's all about real foods as most nutritionists are, but, um, with some protein. So it would be like apple and, and, um, you know, peanut butter or carrots and hummus or something Mm -hmm. like that, where, you know, you're getting a lot of fiber and kind of filling yourself up without filling yourself up with, um, super, you know, rich foods, I guess. Yeah. Is that something that resonates with you, what you've done before? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, so like, as you think about you're planning ahead, um, for this, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, have you, have you made some strategies in place? Have you thought about how you're going to get in your long runs and that kind of thing? Um, I have a friend who's training for an Ironman. So oh, okay. she has, um, offered to do any long runs that I need to do with okay. me. So yeah. Okay. Nice. And yeah. do you, and you're going to follow the train like a mother plan yes. for the half marathon, yeah. right? I'm already in the, the half marathon one and then okay. I'm going to do the marathon one. Okay. Nice. And you're doing the run walk plan. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you're going to do the, the go, run, the run for mm-hmm. go the distance yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, and, uh, and talk a little bit about what your, um, what your normal exercise routine is and how you're going, if you're going to change it at all first, well, obviously you got to follow the plan, but yeah. is there, are there certain things that you need to do, um, for yourself, um, either weight wise or just personally, like, are you doing more strength training? Are you doing more stretching? I don't know. Is there anything that you um, like to do personally or definitely adding in more strength training? Okay. That's, um, and I like that it incorporates strength training in the training plan too. Yeah. So, um, that was something I was already planning on incorporating more of. Okay. Um, and I usually work out at least five days a week, sometimes six, just depends. Okay. Um, but it's funny cause actually like the training plan calls for more rest days than I'm used to. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is that hard so, to think wrap your head around? Um, it's good. Cause I just try to like go outside and be active with my girls. Like, exactly. Like if I'm not going to work out, I'll go to, we'll walk to the park, ride bikes, do that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I was about yeah. to say, you can always walk, yeah. you know, I mean, especially if you feel like you, you know, um, you just want to go out and move your body. Like yeah. an hour walk is never going to hurt anything yeah. and we'll always, you know, so yeah. definitely know that. Um, okay. And what about when you do more, um, intense exercise, like when you go for a run, do you come home hungrier or? Um, not always. Sometimes okay. I do. If I do, I just listen to my body. Okay. Um, but not always. Okay. Yeah. And so what are some of your favorite or some things that you like to eat that you think fuel yourself really well now? Um, I like, I get like the Sara Lee whole grain toast. Uh-huh. Um, I do scrambled egg whites with salsa. Uh-huh. Um, I love avocado. Um, I get the little chicken strips from Trader Joe's. Yeah, those are good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and you, um, do you, are you like focused totally, not totally, but mostly on calories or is it, um, macronutrients too? Are you thinking about protein, fat, carbs? Okay. Yeah. Do you have an idea of like what you need to do every day to get? Um, well, I just follow what my fitness pal recommends. Okay. So that's probably something I would like to talk to Stephanie about. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and what about other people from your study? Are you in touch with any of them? Um, some of them were Facebook friends. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how they're doing? Um, so far I'm the one who's maintained the best, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Competitive uh, (laughs) girl. (laughs) But there's, um, yeah, they're all doing really well as well. Yeah. 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 Well, and so, um, so is there anything else that you kind of want to share as we head into your marathon training cycle? 
Um, just that I'm really excited and yeah. this is an amazing opportunity. I'm so thankful to do this with you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Um, I'm just trying to think if there are any other, I don't have the Stephanie tips in front of me. I think we kind of covered the basics, but I mean, yeah. it really is going to be a thing about listening to your hunger, but still being super diligent, which it yeah. seems like you really are yeah. um, going to do that. Yeah. Um, so totally. great. Well, so we will check back in with Emily um, in early June. That's kind of, you'll be... Um, your your first half marathon or that the next half marathon is in early July, right? Yes, July so you'll 4th. be like tapering for that, and then we'll put you into marathon training yep. after that. So, um, so we'll have Stephanie and um, Emily on the podcast then, um, and then you know we'll we'll cheer you on and and um, keep people updated. Yay! All right, cool. Thanks for your time this morning, and, and again, thanks for letting me um, invade your your house on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. So looking forward to hearing the follow-up from all these um, guests in, I guess it's the June 28th um, episode of the podcast. That's going to be really interesting to hear um, how successful um, they are and what works for them, what doesn't. That's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. And we should have um, Stephanie on then, the nutritionist. Like I said, she just had an emergency, so she couldn't join us today or Mm -hmm. on the podcast with Emily, but she's really, really excited Mm -hmm. um, to help Emily. So it's going to be uh, a good combo, I think. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and speaking of Stephanie, makes me think of the train like a mother club, you know, what's, what's going on over there, Dim? Well, let's head over. And this is um, just another reality check, right? This is a, kind of a, you know, a good authentic AMR episode. We like getting into the meat of, of people's lives. Um, this is from Nicole. It's kind of long, but I think it's worthy to listen to. So she um, jumped into the 26.2 obliterate the distance plan. Um, which is the one that we put together um, for the beginning of 2019, obviously as a word obliterate uh, sounds like it's a pretty tough plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was looking to qualify for Boston. Um, I think at the New Jersey marathon um, <laughs> yeah. yes. marathon mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Yep. So, right. That is, that is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Might want to enjoy a snack, Sarah, but it's, 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 it's well, it's well worth it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, um, I'm calling today's long run plot twist. I've been struggling for several weeks in my marathon training, not just the running workouts, but even the easy runs. I've struggled to run without walking after just a few miles. Two weeks ago, I went to visit my nurse practitioner. She ordered a bunch of blood work, which all came back, quote unquote, within normal limits. It did verify that I am, in fact, definitely menopausal. You know, it all comes full circle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've been training for the New Jersey Marathon, which is now only 16 days away. When you look at the second photo on this post, it shows a picture of everything appearing to be rosy. My resting heart rate is nice and low. I'm averaging eight hours of sleep a night, et cetera. But if you look at the third photo, you will see that my deep sleep is consistently under an hour. I am Mm -hmm. tired every day and physically I'm not where I need to be and and want to be to achieve the training goals that I've set up for myself. So today I made the decision to change things up. I decided to start a run-walk pattern on my long run. I ran for four minutes and then walked for one for most of the run. I'm not going to say it was easy, but mentally and physically, it helped me get through it. So now I have a decision to make. I have the option of changing my registration from the full marathon to the half. Um, I am about 80% sure that this is the decision I will make, but wanted to give myself a few more days to decide. I wanted to share with you my struggles just so that you would know that despite doing all the hard work, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And it's okay to change things up. I've decided to be kind to myself and to let myself off the hook. Thanks for allowing me to share. And um, I just, I, I mean, I know we, you, you are friends with Nicole. I'm friends with Nicole. She was on our Ragnar team um, yeah. many moons ago. And I just really applaud her for mm-hmm. um, listening to her body and 
being, giving herself grace, which isn't yeah. easy, especially when you've got your eyes on Boston, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just think that is just really, really applaud Nicole for, for making that decision and taking in all the information and realizing that probably the frustration and disappointment she'd feel if she did do the marathon with her goal in mind, that it's better to um, drop down the distance and, you know, really feel good about the race. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all right. Well, let's yes. hop off that corner now. <laughs> yes. Yes. And let's, let's wander over to the mother runner store because we have lots of new spring merch in there. Really excited. Had a photo shoot last week, um, with some other runners. It was very fun uh, and they were showcasing all new stuff for us. Um, we have a revamped version of our badass mother runner tank top, a new brighter color for our popular heart run tank top. It's pink. Um, it's pink. It's pink. It's pink because I found I was like, why? Why is it gray and blue? Like we should. We need some, you know, Valentine'sy colors in there. And uh, so, and then uh, introduced our um, are my kids still chasing me design, which has been so popular for us for several years. Introduced it as a tank top, um, and also really super stoked about uh, two lifestyle tank tops with our shoe shoes logo embroidered on the left breast. They are really lovely fit and feel very gracious cut. Um, as someone, as I've said, who is, uh, cognizant of her belly fat. Um, it's very flattering. Um, and then, and there might be two of those headed your way, Dimity. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, April. Yes. You don't have to choose between the gray with the aqua shoes or the pink with the ivory shoes because you're getting both of them dim because you deserve them um yes and then also a new hat and visor so head on over to motherrunnerstore.com and check all those out they're just the things to liven up your spring slash summer running wardrobe all right and i am going to botch jonah's last name because alex is not here being our producer but um so i'll just call him jonah uh our podcast today was produced in portland oregon by jonah from puddle try his last name is it a guy on newfield Oh, look at that. It gets a big, big thumbs up. Yes, he is. His business is Puddle Creative. And Jonah was our producer way back in the day. Um, and he's filling in for Alex, who is vacationing in Japan. So, <laughs> so uh, many happy miles to you. 